This is the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 227. Welcome back. My name is Alyssa, and today's episode, I think, will leave you feeling just a little bit more relaxed than you feel right now. At least, that's what it did for me listening to Heath chat with Teresa of The Tripping Yogi on how she started teaching yoga in studio, took her practice on the road, and now teaches in-person classes at RV events and really specializes in teaching classes for RV travelers. I've been doing yoga in our RV for the past four, maybe five-ish years, and I've only been to one in-person yoga class. That was way back in 2017, and I remember it because it was in Spanish because we were in Mexico, and I only understood one word, Despacito, because that song was super popular on the radio, the one with Justin Bieber at the time. So I knew at one point to go slowly, but the rest of the time I had no idea what I was doing. But I do know just how hard it can be to find in-person classes to be a part of and just that physical and, and really mental toll that sitting in a car for or an RV for six, seven hours a day multiple times a week or once a week even um, can really take on you. In this episode, Sharissa shares how she fell into teaching yoga at escapees events, but she also will share some breathing exercises that you can do while you're driving your RV or that you can do while you are listening right now, and six stretches that you can do anytime that you stop at a rest stop or fill up the RV with gas, and she actually has a PDF that you can download or print off that I've linked to in the show notes for you if you want those stretches. Before we get into the interview, here is Heath and a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by ID Plans, and it's actually less of a sponsorship than it is really an opportunity. ID Plans is a software and service company based in Tampa, Florida, that provides solutions for property managers. Over the past 20 years, ID Plans has been able to hire a number of full-time RVers to help survey commercial properties, and they are looking to hire three to five additional teams over the next couple months. Here's a clip from Carolyn, who has been traveling with her husband across the country working with ID Plans. Me and my husband have been traveling full-time together since 2016. The whole time we've been on the road, we were always looking for a job to do something along the way to make some money, but still be able to have our freedom. We tried several different work camping positions, and we realized that that was not a good way to make money. It was a great way to meet people, but the money was just not there. So we stumbled across ID Plans about a year and a half ago. And since we've worked for the company, it has changed our lives. We love working for ID Plans. We get to set our own schedule and we get paid to travel across the U.S. It's such a great opportunity. Over the last few years, I've seen a lot of companies hire RVers for different types of short and longer term jobs. And I can honestly say that this is one that almost immediately after getting trained, you can make a near full-time income while also still having another side hustle or business to do on the road. You'll receive training for their software, be able to park your RV right on the job sites and run the entire operation from your RV. If you want to learn more, you can send an email to rvjobs at idplans.com. That is rvjobs at idplans.com. This isn't the first time ID Plans has sponsored our podcast, and I know when they were on the show back in December that they hired a few couples who applied after hearing about them on our show. So if you're looking for a gig on the road and you have a motorized RV, I encourage you to check it out. More info is on our show notes page. 
All right, take it away, Heath. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks, Heath. I really appreciate being here. So what is this interesting intertwined world that you have of yoga and RVing? Oh, and an intertwined world is a great way to put it. It really is a blend of having this fabulous RV life of traveling and then being able to teach yoga on the road as we travel. It's been a fantastic opportunity just to meet people and create the yoga communities that folks used to have back when they were in their, I'll say their sticks and bricks environments and continuing to help them just feel grounded in their lives and their practices and helping them figure out how to keep up their practices on the road. So you've hit the road twice as a full-time RVer. You said once in 2006, one in 2018? Yes. And how long were you on the road the first time that you started traveling? Well, 2006 was just a year. We were moving from New Jersey to North Carolina for a job change that my husband had. And we decided, you know what, why don't we extend out the time of getting from New Jersey to North Carolina? We have two, we had two dogs at the time and we were having trouble renting something. So one night over, you know, over beer, we were like, hey, why don't we get an RV and just live it, travel and live in the RV? So we did that and we took off. We spent a year on the road doing the entire perimeter of the United States, starting New Jersey going north and then going all the way over to the west coast taking a left coming all the way down the west coast making another left and bringing ourselves into north carolina where i opened my first yoga studio so that was going to be a career shift for me so my husband peter was as i said taking a job, but I had left my, what would have been my corporate career as a HR person and started a yoga studio. So that was a very dynamic change for me because an HR person, people typically run away from you. They hide under their <laughs> desk, right? Oh, you're the HR police. And now people were coming to me right? It, it was just such an amazing opportunity. So we stayed in North Carolina for four years before we got transferred back up here. And in that four-year period, we sold the RV. And we just, we said, we're going to do this again. At some point, life is going to provide us with the opportunity to do it again. And one night over dinner, we were talking, this had to be probably 2016. We're saying, hey, you know what, we've been talking about going out on the road, but we should really see if we still like it. We were different people. We were older. RVs had changed quite a bit. So we rented an RV, this big Class C called Harvey that was falling apart. <laughs> we rented it for the weekend. And as we were driving down the road, we both kind of turned to each other at the same time and go, we still love this lifestyle. And that just precipitated planning to be able to leave again in 2018. So we've been on the road since then. It's had its fits and starts because of some family things going on, but we are full-time now and it's been an incredible journey as it is for most people. So going back to the transition from HR to yoga teacher, yoga studio, did you ever think, oh man, I really miss HR? No, that's never crossed my mind. 
Um, I just thought I'd ask. I don't know why. I've actually, I became a yoga teacher while I was in my HR career. I guess that's an interesting story of how that happened because I have been a group exercise teacher since the mid 80s. And I had a shoulder injury now, so I'm in my corporate career and I had a shoulder injury from teaching uh, a class with weights and went to physical therapy. And my physical therapist said, you are so stressed out from your career. You always have the side job of teaching exercise things. You need yoga. And I was like, yoga, you gotta be kidding me. I'm hardcore. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I'm not interested in this. And reluctantly, she convinced me to go. And I said, only if you come with me. So we went and I did not like my first class. I didn't like my second class. I didn't like my third class. But on the fourth class, something resonated with me that I was like, wow, I feel lighter. I feel lighter in my body. I feel lighter in my spirit. And I kept going. And then I started going three, three to five times a week. And within six months of that, became a yoga teacher. So I've now been teaching 21 years. And the yoga really helped bring balance into the HR career. It, there were being an HR person is not an easy task because you're in the middle of the corporation and the employees. And I always had my practice, the deep breathing, the meditation to come to when things got stressful. So it's just been a part of my life for a very long time. What is it about yoga that makes a person feel lighter? It's truly that mind, body, spirit connection. You know, we think of yoga as that physical practice, the asanas that you go through. The meditation piece of it is so big. And if you really incorporate that into your practice, into your life, it gives you that sense of well-being and that sense of groundedness. And then there's the spirit part, right, which comes in from you start to have a different awareness of self in this practice, right? You're noticing things. You're noticing how your mind is, how that monkey mind can be. You're noticing your body. You're noticing your surroundings more. And there's the yoga teachings, which are called the yoga sutras, that really have a good pathway to help you in life. And this, for me, and many of my students, has brought this lighter feeling into their being and that's and there's so few things in life that give you that mind body spirit connection so it whenever things get challenging there's always that practice to come back to how am i breathing how can i ground myself with meditation how am i bringing things in how am i manifesting and then that physical practice, which is really helping the body release endorphins and to stretch out. And that's why you have that good feeling after yoga. Can you talk about the mind-body connection? Because I think this is something that a lot of people have heard many times. It's like mind-body connection. Okay. But there's only been a couple situations in my life where that inner, that information has been kind of handed over to me in a thoughtful way. One of them was actually, I was at a company in New York city and 
they were actually an HR benefits company, but they were like a technology business and they had all these instruments and exercises. And they actually had, I think he was like the San Antonio Spurs and NBA, like one of the head trainers, like for the Olympics and for NBA teams and NFL teams. And our whole time there, you know, he basically took us through this process of, you know, how our, if our bodies were like out of alignment in certain ways, like that would be impacting like our mental frame. And, And I mean, a lot of stuff, to be honest, that was over my head, but it really opened up my eyes to like, it's not just like a saying, there's actually a lot of science and data that backs up the meaningful ways that all of your body and mind does work together. So uh, when you talk about that, like for somebody that has never really dove into understanding the mind body connection, like how would you describe it and why is it important? Why is it important? Well, the mind and body are connected. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that case, right? We have the mind, the head, right? Coming into the body and it's the breath that really helps us connect the two. Most things we do, we're not so thoughtful about the way that we do them. We know we have a to-do list to do. We want to get it done. And the mind is really acting and the body is following. In this mind-body connection, it is really helping the mind focus. This is how it is for me. Really helping my mind focus on what I'm I'm doing and being present. You've probably heard that a lot in the yoga world too. Being present with what I'm doing, focusing on my breath, letting my breath and my body work together. Right? I I can either excite myself or calm myself down by the thoughts that I have and by the breath that I take. And it's truly helping the mind and body work together as one and not these two disparate entities as we usually go through our day. That's why in the beginning of the yoga practice, right, there's that grounding. There's the breath centering yourself, coming into an opening meditation and many different ways to meditate, coming into that meditation to help to let the mind and the body together begin to come into that relaxed state so that you can then move into the rest of the practice. So... I hope that I hope that helps answer your question. I would say to you when you have some time to to sit and be with yourself and really use the breath with deep inhales to come into the body and see how that breath washes over the body and what that feels like. When that breath washes over the body and you feel that there's your mind-body connection that you can relate to. I think that the older I've gotten, uh, the more interest that I've had. Because there's a lot of topics that, like you said, when you first were introduced to yoga, you're like, I'm hardcore. I work out. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some pull-ups or, you know, squats or whatever, power clean. I don't know what kind of workouts you're doing. But, you know, some people, when they hear yoga or talk about wellness and, and being thoughtful and mindful, the, the topics it's almost some people might see it as a like completely unrelated to business and entrepreneurship but i think for me the tools that i've been leaning in and thinking about and reading about um the past couple years have actually helped and spilled over a tremendous amount in my my work and 
running my company and my day to day as an entrepreneur, like being able to do something like follow your breath, understand what thoughts in real that you're telling yourself, like one of the most practical examples of this is we, I went to a founder's retreat a few months ago with our investment company and they brought a woman named Nicole, who has been one of the founding members of Techstars, which has had over 2000 companies go through their really big unicorn, like billion dollar businesses. And one of the things that we focused on the most that first night that we were at this conference with this you know, amazing woman who has been able to help lead and mentor thousands of companies was actually like the tape reel. The, the session was called the founder's journey, the real shit. And basically everyone really went through like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this really hard thing of building a business? What are you telling? And then like, how are you doing? And what are you telling? No, it was like, why are you doing this? What are you telling yourself? And how are you doing and it was so interesting to open up with this group of entrepreneurs and because everyone at the surface level always says, I'm doing fine. But, you know, one of the things we dug into a lot that night was the tape reel that you tell yourself every day. And I found for me in the short period of time that I've done exercises with yoga or meditation or just trying to be thoughtful and journaling of what my thoughts are is that you don't often realize the tape reel that you're telling yourself every single day. The tape reel that says, I'm not good enough. I don't have time. That one for me is a big one. It's I never feel like I have time. That's why I feel an urgency to hit the road and quit my job at 23. It was like, I don't have time. I could leave this world soon. I like, I'm not going to put this off. I got to go now. Like, yeah. um, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but Anyway, I know I'm just kind of rambling. There was no like specific thought there other than just why I guess I'm excited to have this conversation, why I feel it's important. Well, one of the things that you're talking about in that tape reel, I would dub as limiting beliefs, right? And especially, I think this really comes into the entrepreneur world. And I have my moments with it too, of limiting beliefs of that I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Why would anyone even come to my yoga classes? Even though I've been teaching for such a long time and have lots of students like you do this to yourself I think as a protection mechanism for fear right because fear holds us back from doing things and we can be comfortable in that fear being an entrepreneur you are stepping out on that limb sometimes all by yourself there's not good firm foundation for you. There's while friends and family can be helpful unless they've been in that business and walked in your shoes, they can provide good information, but it's not them going through it. So those I've deal with the limiting beliefs myself and I'm a real big believer in the universe. Like people know that about me. I will set intentions on the new moon, every new moon, of what it is that I want to manifest in my personal life, in my business life, in friends and family lives too. And then on the full moon, I come back and I re reconnect with these things. And sometimes they need to be a little bit firmer. They need to be refreshed a little bit. But I've kept all these intentions since I've been doing this over my 20 years. And it's created a journal for me to prove to me, to show me that there's so many things, if you thoughtfully think about them and manifest them, positively you make them happen and it's amazing 
is truly amazing. And that might get to be like a little woo woo for you. Well, that's the woo of yoga. It's not bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can think of a lot of situations in my life where I've been journaling almost daily since 2014. And so when we hit the road, basically, I kind of formed that habit and it helped that we were not working full-time jobs and we were going to cool places that I wanted to write about. But looking back on that journal and how certain things have unfolded in my life, there were intentions that I I realized that I set, uh, that I wrote down and completely forgot about. But looking back, I can see that almost subconsciously I've taken certain actions that I didn't thoughtfully do in the moment. But at one point I had stated, I want to do this, or this would be a really cool outcome for me or a dream for me. And then I'm like, okay, I kind of forget them. And and, you know, some of them stay close to mind, but a lot of these things that we want on a certain day when we're inspired, like we may not think about for a while, but we can take actions that are kind of building certain foundations and putting things in place for them to happen. So I'm a big believer in, in setting intentions. And because I think a lot of times, like whether we consciously or subconsciously follow them, like we're going after that thing that we want, right? Yeah, and in writing the intention down, right, is a thought process in and of itself, because you're writing them down, you've got to think about this. And then it helps you piece together the actions that you need to take and the time frames that you need to do them in, right? Because it's like, how do you eat an elephant one, one piece at a time, you've got to break down intentions into meaningful actions. So that's, that's my process. And, you know, it, it truly it works. I mean, I, I share this with people. I teach workshops on this and people cannot believe that they're like, wow, like I had this idea. I wanted to do this. I wrote it down as an intention. You helped me frame it. And now it's 14 days later or 28 days later and I've done it. So mm. it's, it helps provide guidance. Yeah, I love that. So you came back, RVing came back into your life 2018. You guys hit the road again. At what point did you? So I'm assuming you didn't have your physical practice anymore when you left to go RVing, correct? I didn't have my physical studio anymore, but I've always had my practice. Got it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I mean, I'm at the studio. Yeah. And and then so at what point did you begin working specifically helping? other RVers, you know, with their practice and kind of building more of a traveling yogi community? It almost started it immediately in 2018 because we left with the intention of going to the escapees escapade in Tucson in 2018. And it happened right there. I was practicing yoga outside my camper and some folks saw me and came over and said, hey, you know, we're yogis too. You know, can can we join you? I was like, yeah, sure. Come on. Right. The more the merrier. I, I love to practice with other people. And that kind of that sparked an idea at that time because we were that group of yogis, we were all talking about how do we keep up our practices on the road? And I heard things that were, would not be difficult for me as a yoga practitioner, but were difficult for other people. And those things were things like space. My rig's not big enough. We're moving around a lot. I'm in a new location, a new environment. If I find this space, maybe 
three days later, four days later, I'm out of it and I have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. Or I'm in close quarters with my partner or my family. So these things started to resonate with me. And that happened during that time at the escapade. And from the escapade, we moved on to an escapers convergence in Moab. And basically the same thing happened again. I was practicing outside our rig. Bunch of folks came over to me. We started talking. They said, wow, you really know, you look like you know what you're doing. And I said, yeah, I've been a yoga practitioner for a long time. And they're like, no, you really look like you know what you're doing. There's a style and a flow about your practice. And I said, well, I'm a yoga teacher. And that, that was the catalyst right there. Before I could say anything else, this group had gone to the convergence director and asked him if it was okay if we practiced yoga in the big tent that we had. And he was psyched because he's a believer in yoga and wanted to have yoga at convergences, but somebody who understood the needs of our veers. So we chatted. I uh, said, yeah, go ahead and teach. So I said, I thought I was just going to do a few classes and then I ended up teaching the whole week in the morning, then doing some sunset classes. Mm -hmm. And then it started from there. Then people were asking me, you know, where are you traveling to? What events are you going to go to? Because I want to come because if you're going to be there, I'm going to be able to practice yoga which was astounding to me. And then I was starting to share my travel schedule with people. And then this information had worked itself through the escapees network. And I started reaching out to some of the other directors within escapees saying, this is some information that I'd like to pass on to you that there is a large group of yogis out here and it would be nice if yoga could be offered at some of the events if it's practical mm -hmm. um, and that led into some more discussions and now since 2018 when there have been events because we went through last year with very few events i've been asked to teach and i now teach in the escapers realm the hangout realm and do some work with the kids capade too and in fact, in May, I'm headed down to Texas and I'm going to be teaching in the CARE organization, which is, I'll dub it as the assisted living for RVers who come off the road. So it's really migrated through all of that. And with, with the travels and teaching at these events, it's created an RV following for me. So my style of teaching now has become very specific to the needs of our fears. You know, how do you practice yoga in a space, right? That is maybe only five feet long and aisle width, right? Or the aisle, right? There's no way you're going to extend sure. your arms out. If you're two people or more practicing in a rig, right? You're jockeying for position. So I've created these practices that become very specific to the needs of our veers. And it's been tremendously fulfilling to help people think about ways that they could practice within their rig, but also I've created a lot of materials or resources to help people find places outside of their rig outdoors to continue their practice. Because a, a person that's not used to practicing outside, I've been practicing outside almost 20 years, looks differently at a spot and says, oh, this is the desert. There are a lot of stickers on the ground. There's no way I can practice here where I'm like, 
oh my gosh, this is a yoga oasis out here. <laughs> so it's really helping people uh, find those unique places to practice uh, so they can continue. And also there's a lot of, as yoga has become very commercialized uh, over the last 20 years that it's really hit Western culture, you know, practices an hour and a half and you have to do this and you have to do this. Well, there's no yoga God out there that says this is the way it really is. You do what's right for you, for your body, for the environment that you're in and the time that you have. So I think I've helped people bridge what they learned in their old yoga world to what yoga as an RVer can be like and how you can benefit from that. When you think about the practices that have been most impactful for you on the road, you know, especially people that are listening to this podcast, if you spend a lot of time sitting on a seat, driving or working in your rig while you're traveling, what are some, what advice would you give for uh, people who are wanting to either practice more or get started practicing from their RV? Get it. So practicing more, it's really it's the mindset again, coming back to, you know, how there are resources available to help me find different ways to practice. Let me utilize them and get out there and practice. It's also about trying to maintain some type of routine. It may be setting intentions, say I'm going to practice three days a week and make that your intention. For people that are new to yoga, I think it's really easy to get started. For one, there are so many YouTube videos out there with beginner yoga that can help somebody, you know, just pop open their laptop or their phone and get started. You don't need a lot of equipment. You honestly don't even need a yoga mat. So there's no real equipment requirements. Of course, a yoga mat would be helpful. And you just, it's making that decision that this is something that you want to do to invest in yourself and invest in your mental health as well as your physical health. In terms of places to practice as an RVer, it's like the world is your oyster. All these great places that we go to, you can find a way to practice in any of them. Quite a few of my students are the full-time working RVers, and I'm finding, especially within the last year, how much they're suffering from being on Zoom all day long, right? Conference calls all day long. Seating in RVs is horrible. Mm. You know, not many people have a really good desk chair in their RV. So I have resources for them to help them stretch the neck, right? We're starting to get tech neck, um, stretch the neck, stretch through the shoulders, help the low back and the hips, especially from all that sitting. Those same type of sitting type of just problems that we have or soreness that we have also transfer into when we're driving all day long. And I can tell you, I did not practice what I preached on my first cross country trip. We just wanted to get to where we were going so fast. We never stopped to stretch. We ate poorly. It was a horrible trip. I said, I'm never going to do this again. So I developed a set of six easy stretches that people can do if they stop at a rest area. And I'm a firm believer stop, rest, stretch, get out, get some fresh air. You may be adding maybe a half hour onto your whole trip. It's not that much time in the grand scheme of things to help your body feel good and to be refreshed whenever you get to your location. Because when you get there, most likely you've got your camping setup that you're going to have to do. 
and it's going to be easier doing that setup if the body feels refreshed. Are there any like med- meditations, like one or two minute meditations or breathing exercises that you've ever done or uh, heard of anyone doing while they're driving, you know, spending a lot of time sitting in a seat or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an easy meditation to do while you're driving that you're not going to lose focus on the driving, right? <laughs> is, I mean, I can give you a number of them. How many do you want? So the first one is honestly feeling your breath coming into your nose. You would just be breathing in and out of the nose, but when you breathe in, the air is cooler, right? And when you breathe out, the air is warmer. It's something we don't typically notice. So just mindfully as you're driving, noticing that temperature of your breath is a fabulous meditation. Mm. Another one that is breathing into thirds. So you would breathe into, you cut your lungs basically, you know, mindfully, you cut your lungs in thirds. So you would breathe into the the first third of the lungs, feel what that feels like as the top of the rib cage starts to expand. Then the second part of the lungs, so now you've taken two thirds of a breath, your middle rib cage starts to expand and then your lower lungs where you have full expansion of the rib cage in the front, the sides and in the back. And that breathing that way in that breath brings you so much fresh oxygen that will help you feel less fatigued as you're driving. So you do that as an inhale, and once you feel you got that rhythm down, you exhale in the same way. So you're exhaling the bottom third, the second third, and then the last third. It also, if you find yourself in really stressful traffic situations, that's a great breath to come into. I mean, we're driving these really big rigs, and you know we know the people around us are not so much paying attention <laughs> to us and do crazy things in front of us or behind us or the side of us. So that type of breathing meditation is really helpful to calm you down when you've just had a really hairy traffic situation or weather or it's night or something else. Have you in the past year since COVID and everything done any Zoom yoga sessions with any of the RV community? Yes. So I I teach virtually and I've started, I started doing this as COVID looked like it was going to be staying for a while because so many of the event, all of the events had really gotten canceled as the year went on. And my students were coming back to me saying, you know, I'm having a hard time keeping up with my practice. This is not something I commercially advertise on my website because I want to keep it close to the RV community. And also just there's some connectivity things that always we have to work on. So I teach small groups and I really try to have no more than six students on on a Zoom call because the quality of their Zoom, because how they're connected and also wherever I'm in on how I'm connected, I want it to be a good experience for them. Also, I want to be able to see all their practices. So I'm a teacher that demonstrates and then comes and helps you looking at your pose to make sure you're the best part in your body that you can be. So if I have too many people on Zoom, I can't pay attention to that. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to be another teacher that demonstrates. So you might want to cut my heart out. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so... 
And a couple other things that come along with that is folks schedule. So I have my working RVers. So we try to do that very early in the morning for them or sort of the after dinner when they can have some time to themselves or, and I have my full timers who are retired and not working. So their schedules can be a little different any time of day. And then I have my seniors who don't want anything before 10 AM. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we're working with all types of time zones and schedules and travel and connectivity so but it's fabulous it's fabulous like i had a zoom class yesterday and it's just so much fun to be on zoom with with you know this rv community you know we know you know we love practicing yoga together but we love being together. So I feel like we're getting the benefit of both worlds. I think that's one of the things that for me was a bit of a struggle, like staying consistent on the road with the exercise or something like that. Cause it's nice to do yoga with Adrian or something like that to elicit. She does quite a bit of her classes, but you don't get necessarily the accountability. So there's something nice about having a commitment where you need to show up, even if it's on zoom, you know? It is, and I think that has that's an important thing for people and, and really RVers because I recommend yoga to Adrian, yoga with Cassandra as well to folks that want to get started because that is a nice, easy way to get started, and they're very good teachers. But there is something about knowing that your class is at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, you know, 8 o'clock, and you're also going to be seeing your fellow yogis, right? That mm. sense of yoga community, I think is the thing that people miss the most in their RV life, right? Most people are practicing alone. So when they can get back with the group, it's more meaningful. And they also hold that accountability for each other which is great. And we have some sort of like gamification that we do too. You know, you've got to post pictures of yourself. We have some private Facebook groups, uh, post pictures of yourself, you know, at a rest area, doing a stretch, or of course, what, where's the craziest place you can find to practice and take photos of yourself. So everyone is always helping to support the groups. So it's pretty cool. What's the name of your Facebook group or your community for the yogis and the RV community? Uh, the yogi, so within escapees, it's escapees traveling yogis. And my other groups within different RV things are always traveling yogis or tripping yogis. Where's the, where's your favorite place that you've ever hosted a yoga class? Oh my gosh. So I, I've practiced in some pretty amazing places, but last year uh, was our first time in the, the Mogilan Rim in Arizona. It's in the Apache Sitgraves National Forest. And I taught a class on the rim. I mean, on oh, wow. the rim. There were three times during that class. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I take a step, I'm going over the side. Oh, wow. Uh, so, but it was... Everyone in the class felt that was the most they had ever connected to nature ever because wow. we were on the rim and there were eagles that were soaring by and we were so high up that we were like eye level with the eagles. There was this beautiful vista in the background and the air was so crisp and fresh. So when you took an inhale, 
it, you just, you were one with nature and people were like, I think I can fly. Like it was really just spectacular. I think epic would be it. <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever re, I could not re reproduce that day. That was truly a once in a lifetime. And I've practiced there now quite a few times, but that day was tremendous. That's awesome. If somebody has never really tried yoga, but wants to get into it, what would you like, what would you share with them as kind of encouragement to help them just get started in a small way? In a small way, breathing, start with breathing. If you can breathe, you can do yoga. And it's really coming through just that mindfulness of the breath, as we were talking about, just focusing on the temperature of the breath. And don't be, don't be put off by the yoga that you see on social media with all these perfect yoga folks and their beautiful yoga outfits doing these crazy poses. That really isn't what the majority of the yoga community is. We're all different size, shapes, ages, backgrounds. Everyone has an illness or an injury that they're dealing with. So don't be put off by any of those things. It's very accessible for people. I teach a lot of chair yoga. That's a great way for people to get started where they're in the comfort of a chair and just lightly beginning to stretch. Your body lets you know when it's looking for the deeper stretches or the more advanced poses. And yoga is something you can start today no matter what where you are in your life cycle and continue it to the rest of your life. I have students 25 and 95 being right next to each other and you can't tell the difference between the two of them. So, you know, just don't be shy about getting started. Certainly folks can reach out to me. I can help, you know, if, if there's illnesses or injuries and they're just not sure where to start, I'm, I'm always available to help people find the right practice for them. That's awesome. Where's the best place if people want to reach out and connect with you to do that? Through my website, I think that the trippingyogi.com, my contact information is there. I also have, I created two uh, videos. They're escapees videos, but they're also on my website, which is comfort yoga in the comfort of your RV. And they're both very beginner classes. One is a mat class that takes into consideration aisle space, width, height. So, you know, if you're in a tight RV, you can even do it there. And the other one was a chair yoga class that I modified our rig to set up a chair practice regardless of what type your rig you're in. You could be in a casita to a big phaeton and do mm -hmm. this practice. And it's a great way for people to get started. That's awesome. Well, we'll link up to all of the Facebook groups and your website and those videos in, in the show notes. But Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey. And I'm excited to, to go try some of these things and even just being more thoughtful of some of the breathing. So thank you again so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and thanks to ID Plans for sponsoring our show. Check out the show notes for links to resources mentioned in this episode and we will see you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.